Energy. Energy, energy, energy. Did you just say Rochelle Obama? Michelle. Michelle. Okay, because I thought you said Michelle Obama. I know I have a thick accent. <laughs> What's your name? Sarah. <laughs> These people are calling me Mustang. Because everyone says to me, <laughs> Do people call you Mustang? <laughs> I'm like, not twice. <laughs> I use my fake name. What's your fake name? Sally. <laughs> hey, everybody, and welcome to season three of Oh Hey Gays. As you can tell by the snarky little laugh beside me, my co-host Sarah Sassy is love. back. Sassy love. Sassy. Hey, Sarah. Hey, Sally. Good to see you. How are you doing? I'm good, actually. I'm really good. How are you? Good. Keeping busy? Yeah. An aunt for the second time, so that's oh, really yeah. exciting. Um, nephew or niece? Nephew. Nephew. Gorgeous. God, I wanted a niece. Although I feel like a... Get some wigs, some fake tan, mm. enter them in beauty patches. I think it's for the best that you didn't have a niece. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good, though. I love yeah. babies. Yeah, congratulations. So light, so tiny. Yeah, that's really good. I but- feel like I gave birth to him. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all know that didn't happen. Oh, some kind of transphobic comment. No, <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> Is you too old? Um. <laughs> Pot kettle black. I'm not that old, baby. Um, <laughs> hey, so we're starting off season three uh, on a really, really high note, um, I think. I know. That break just skated by, didn't it? It did just skate by, Sarah. It really did. Um, today, though, the interview that we have is... Someone who I think is absolutely amazing, Shia Diamond. Um, now, I was on the internet uh, well, a couple of weeks ago, maybe a couple of months ago now. Well, we know your rabbit holes. Yeah, I do go on a lot of rabbit holes. Um, but I was just I was just cruising around on the internet and I came across um, an acoustic version of a song called American Pie and I watched it and it was by Shia and it was – It was incredible. It was absolutely one of the most incredible things I've ever heard. And I sent it to everyone. I sent it to you. sent it to pretty much everyone I knew in Brisbane. Um, And I knew that I wanted to talk to her. um, And And you made it happen. I did make it happen. Um, And I was a bit starstruck on the phone when I spoke to her. I was like, I just, I said to her, like, I can't even believe I'm talking to you. Um, But anyway, I think that if you've, if you've not heard... She is music. Uh, she has an EP out at the moment called Seen It All um, and it's five really amazing songs um, that I haven't actually stopped listening to. My daughter is just the biggest fan of She Is. Um, what did you think of the interview, Sarah? It was a great interview. She had a lot to say. Yeah. All valuable and all very relevant. Like she was talking about things that I think about family, religion, yeah. that kind of acceptance part. Yeah, like just like living your truth and being okay with, with it and stuff like that. Like, 
I really, that's what I really liked. I thought about my my chat with her, I don't know, for a couple of weeks afterwards, like every day it was just blew my mind. I don't think I've ever spoken to anybody like her. No, so amazingly powerful. Yeah. And her story is too. Yeah, her story is amazing. Um, I think that I don't think I can say anything more because she really speaks for herself. Um, that she does. Yeah, so really, I just really hope you guys enjoy this interview. Shia is incredible and I think that she's going to change the world. Um, I'm actually pretty sure that's going to happen and really soon. Um, Her EP is called Seen It All and I got it on iTunes, but I guess you can get it wherever you get music from these days. I'll download it illegally. Don't download it illegally. (laughs) Oh, Um, I know what you get up to. Whatevs. Um, Yeah, so... Yeah, once again, enjoy it because um, she's amazing. Shia, if you are listening, thank you very much for your time. Um, I would love to have a chat to you again sometime. How are you anyway? Are you having a good day? Oh yeah, I'm having an amazing day. Yeah. It's actually just starting for me, you know, um, I feel like I'm going to something to eat, some, you know, um, from uh, Dickie's, um, what is it, barbecue pit? Yeah, yeah. And that was going to be my little dinner, they give my free ice cream, you know, I love free stuff. Free stuff? <laughs> it is the best stuff. Nothing tastes as good as free. (laughs) Listen, it's rare the world gives you anything free. Yeah. You know, it's rare. We have to pay for water, for goodness sake. Yeah, we do. You know, and so when the world gives you something free, even if it's a little sample, I say stop and get you samples. We pay taxes, honey, and taxes on top of taxes. We pay taxes for paying taxes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) So enjoy that free ice cream. But I guess I kind of wanted to start at the beginning for you because I've I've read a lot about you recently, Um, and you know some would say bordering on obsession. Um, But I just um, I just as soon as I saw you're right. I'm sorry. What did you say? Yeah, I I saw the acoustic version of American Pie. this is the first time I ever saw you and I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. It was just incredible. Um, and so then I kind of like just I, I kind of sort of looked you up and stuff and um, I guess starting at the beginning, like you, you've said that you identified as female from a very early age um, and that you were yeah. – yeah, and that you were brought up in a, a quite a religious household and I was just wondering what that was like for you growing up. Well, um, it was a lot of pressure, you know, um, and I just recall, you know, just having, you know, you know, that being, you know, just my whole experience of trying to figure out how to please people. Yeah. So I, I navigated, you know, my whole life trying to figure out how to please people. It never felt, ever just relevant, you know. So even when people get, you know, give me compliments to say, I don't know how to take them, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, I never told I was great. I was told I didn't walk right. I should sing with more bass in my voice. 
you know, I, you know, it, it was never, you know, oh my God, you're going to be amazing. You're going to, um, you're going to um, be such an uh, asset to the world. You know, it was just, you know, it was quite the opposite. And so, um, when we were going up in there, you know, it was just like a lot of pressure, you know, and especially, you know, I, I believe that, you know, um, religion um, itself um, is a problem. Yeah. And, and I say religion itself is a problem not having faith, but religion itself. Mm. Religion itself um, uh, creates division. Um, it causes a lot of conflict. You know, more wars are, are, are started over religion than any other war. Yeah. And, um, so, um, so, you know, that, you know, so you know you would be demonized, you know, if they found out any truth, mm. you know, so, you know, you had to walk on the, on the, on the fine line. So, you know, it's just a lot of pressure. It's too much pressure for a child, too much pressure for anybody to have an expectation that they themselves can't even meet yeah. to be, uh, uh, pressed upon, you know, somebody else. And I believe that's what we do in uh, religion is we can't meet these expectations because these expectations aren't obtainable. And so what we do, we demonize other people because it's easier to shine the spotlight on them than it is for us to address, you know, what's going on in our lives and what we can't change in our lives, what we can't fix in our lives, what we think that um, we want to change in our lives. You know, so... It's just the, the, the whole process of it, you know. I guess that's why, why now, you know, the reason why I don't go to services now is because I see all this money going into into religion. You know, religion, you know, church services is not like what it used to be yeah. back in the day in the South, you know. When you gave your offering, you gave all this stuff to the church. When it, it was time and your light bill, you know, was due and you couldn't pay it because you gave so much to the church gave so much to your community and had to provide for all your kids and you know and you were this anchor for, for you know uh, within your within your family yeah. you know and the church understood that they understood everything that was happening and the church gave back you know the church would help you yeah. with that the church would make uh, uh, an offering for you to help you to pay your rent or whatever the situation was or to help you to get the groceries or something. Mm. But now the whole business of it is let's build a bigger church. Yeah. And in, in this bigger church, everybody is focused on what they're wearing. They're not focusing on the people that they walk past before they get in the church that's hungry and homeless. They're not thinking about those people that they have to um, uh, walk past, you know, and, and the church is a selling den. So if religion is and, and, and is the same fundamentals of what they say it really is, then the Creator, when he, when he comes back, he's going to tear down half of these churches because they made it a selling point. Everything that 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 that, that, that involves with religion, it, it involves money. Yeah, this and is it, an institution that them pay taxes, but yet and still they get more money running through them. And coming through, uh, you know, from the, in the other uh, uh, um, uh, uh, place. It's even. And so, what are you? 
sorry, yeah. if, if, I was going to say, it's even like with churches and stuff, it, the political influence that they have now as well. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. It's so oh, yes. scary. And, and it is. And, and, and it's, it's always been toxic. Mm. And we've always allowed it to be toxic. We knew that there were, 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 were a lot of things happening within the Catholic churches and stuff, but we, we wouldn't speak on them because we believed that these were people of God. Yeah. And so we allowed them to get away with a lot of things that we wouldn't allow anyone want to get away with. And so, you know, it, we trust, we put our faith in it. Yeah. And so we put your faith in, 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 in the religion itself instead of your bigger, like maybe the creator. And I think that's what the, 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 the whole thing comes down to because people within the religion demonize other religions. Yeah. So if we're all um, speaking to a similar um, creator, because if you if you go through all the religions, and and I pretty much did when I was in when I was in prison, I, I read every religion and, and and went to almost every single service. Mm. And so you know, I learned that it's just a different name. Yeah, and people have added different rules to what. They are comfortable with, yeah. Not what can, not what was what was this uh, fundamental law or this fundamental thing that you had to to, to do to, in order to, 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 to reach heaven. No, it's a whole bunch of ideas from human brains that they wrote down, mm. and they're dated. Yeah, absolutely. And so, and so, we are still going by these things. And judging people and hating people in the name of religion. And it's doing so, so again, much damage. And I'm completely in faith because I have faith in the higher power. Yeah. But I do not have faith in religion. No. Man made versus something else, isn't it? Like... Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's all about the uh, man, man's comfort zones, what they like, what they appreciate. And, 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 and like with any book, it's a testament of the time. Yeah. And so times are changing. And so a lot of things don't even make sense. Because it says, you know, it says obey the laws of the land. So the laws of the land have actually changed. So now um, uh, uh, two men can marry, two women can marry, and, and, and so on and so on. Yeah. And so you're not sinning if you... If, 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 if you are told to obey the laws of the land. Yeah, that's a really and good that's the laws point. of the land. So why are people still killing people that are trans people and killing gays and attacking gays and stuff when this is the law of the land? Yeah. Because we so, have... So there's... Sorry, we have big. Sorry, what'd you say? Yeah, sorry, uh, sorry to interrupt, but we have big some big stuff going on here at the moment with um, our prime minister and things like conver conversion therapy and stuff. Um, and he's oh yeah, they they tried that here a long time ago too. Yeah, well, he's pretty much just it's torture. Yeah, he's pretty much just washed his it's hands torture. of it. Yeah, and it's it's ridiculous. Like, and apparently it's not happening so much here now. Um, but. He's pretty much just said yesterday, he's like, well, you know, it doesn't really affect me, so I'm not going to bother dealing exactly. with it. So how, can you make, so how can you 
make a, 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 a decision that doesn't affect you that you have no knowledge about. Yeah. And, and how, can you, how can you make somebody's life in that type of way? And, and how, you know nothing about their experience. Yeah, and how can you, know you nothing about represent those people and, and not care, exactly. like, about their experiences? Like, yeah, I find that really hard to take. That is inhumane treatment. Yeah. That's um, inhumane. Something, you don't treat your animals like that. No. Animals treat it better. Yeah. But so we're not going around electrocuting animals. We no, don't do that. No, we don't. No, that's the world would the, the world the world would be horrified. So why aren't people horrified about that? These are human beings. It's kind These of like people that are walking and talking just like you. Now we're talking about uh, we you know we can empathize and sympathize with animals. Yeah. Animals, you know, however adorable, they can't communicate their feelings. But people are communicating their feelings, are communicating their thoughts. And instead of helping them with that, you decide to demonize them and you decide to punish them. Yeah. That's the true act of violence. Yeah. That's a really good point, and I've never really thought of it like that before. Like, yeah. It's easier for, for us to, to sit back. It's easy for me to sit back and judge somebody who's would sell cigarettes in their store. Yeah. When it says blatantly, you can get cancer. Mm. So we decide the things that we allow to be morally possible mm. and feasible. So it, 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 it's always been what we want and what we feel comfortable about. So how can we make somebody else's life, somebody else's experience, somebody else's one life, about how comfortable we are. Yeah, and morally you can't, can you? Like, it's, you can't do that to somebody. overstepping moral boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. God, we've gone pretty deep straight up, haven't we? <laughs> <laughs> well, you got the right woman on the phone. I did. I got the right woman. I'm so happy. Um, <laughs> Um, something interesting you said to me before so, about... Know, I'm, I'm 40 years old and I'm, st I'm 40 years old and I'm still trying to make the world make sense. I'm still trying to figure it out. And some of the logic that the world has, I still don't understand it the way they see No, and... It, and I'm saying that we all have eyes. We all have ears. Mm. And we all have breath. Although they don't correlate information and translate information the same way, but what you're saying just doesn't make sense. Yeah. If it was meant to only be one human race down here, the creator would have made it so it was only one race down here. But it was some reason why it's so many different colors and shades around here. Mm. And if you, think about, if you think about the conditionings of how far we've come from the age of what they say used to be the caveman, yeah. And it took a whole lot of brains to come together to teach people and show people that a lot of things that they thought were harm were no harm to them mm. and would actually help them and assist them in the future. So if we stayed in the mindset that we did back in the day, we wouldn't be where we are now enjoying the comforts that most people would kill for yeah. and would die for. 
Yeah. All that came from coming together and those brains coming together. So, yeah, I believe once you fry a person's brain, then the, the, the part of them that's good, the part of them that's pure, then you destroy that and you, 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 take, you take that away. Because when we're born into this world, we're born into this world, this world as innocent babies and we love everybody, everything. Yeah. We teach the we teach our children fear. Mm. We teach them stay that person, that person is a stranger, stay away from that person. That person is a good person, that person is a bad person. Our instinct is to love. Our instinct is to give. Yeah. And we all and with the instinct to be loved. So how are you gonna judge somebody on their instinct to be loved when you want the same thing? It's it's funny, um my daughter watches is my daughter is six years old and she has two mums and she watches a show, um this cartoon show on T V called The Loud House. And I was mm-hmm. I watched it with her the other day and one of the characters um had two dads. And I said to her, oh, Lucy, you know, he's got two dads. And she she looked at me and was like, yeah, mom, that's okay. And I was like, oh, my God. I'm going to tell you to talk to the And so it looks like an old man. Little old man. Yeah, I was you know, like. Sometimes you need a, 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 a tune-up. Yeah. You know, some, and, and that's why a lot of people don't understand how you just kind of lead the way. That's why when people say uh, children are the future. And you still haven't figured out that we need to be protected in that? That's why we, the world looks the way it looks now. I would rather have a fifth grader be the president than our current president. Yeah. And I believe we will go, we will propel in a more positive and perceptive way. How are you, like, what, what is the, what is it like in America at the moment? with Trump as president? Because I know from Australia, it's quite scary. Well, um, well, I would say some people, you know, some people have adopted to his character, to his personality. Uh, He's just a personality. He means no harm. Oh, because he was introduced to the world very early on. So they they introduced um, uh, Trump to us. From everything, from first Prince of Bel Air to the Simpsons. Yeah. So, so, so there was a Trump figure in every form of TV. So people looked at him as just being harmless person, and they believed like they knew him. Yeah. And so, um, and and so and so, what's happening now is you have people in conflict while they are literally getting screwed with no Vaseline. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to admit. It yeah. is happening. And so he has put up a veil over the world's eyes and told them that I'm doing all these amazing things for you. And he's not providing any receipts. And people just believe it. Mm. And they just go with it. And so there have been more killings over Trump than anything else. You know? Yeah. And while, while there are racial wars, happening. Now, a saying leader would say, you know, somebody who operates under hate is not right. But he said, I mean, it's all mouth. Oh, both sides are right. Mm. Oh, how can both sides be right when, it, when one side wants to take your life? Yeah. 
for you being a certain color. And so if you're not able to take a, a position or a, a, a stance as a leader, then you are hollering and you don't need to have that position. So, you know, I, I just think that it's, t- it's time for, for people to stop being afraid of someone who works for us. Mm. He works for us. And let's not forget that. And so when we are saying as a people that we're not going to have this and that this is not allowed and that these are human beings that you're doing this to, yeah. and he has to be stopped. He has to be put down. And he's not the first president that we've come into conflict with and had a problem with. Yeah. And he's not going to be that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's um it's it's our duty to to um to just keep each other knowledgeable and to keep each other inspired. That's why I'm happy to be doing something like music, because other than that, I'm a black woman, um, if you get any more technical, I'm black trans woman. Yeah. Normally, I'm silent. Normally, I'm silent. Nobody wants to hear me. Only They only want to be entertained by me. They want to laugh. And that's the only thing they want to do. Yeah. But, in the position to be able to write music and to be able to sing music and to put these things within the music and talk about them in that way, people are able to digest it a lot better by me telling somebody something that's right or telling somebody something that they know is right but they don't want to hear it. Sometimes it's it's the delivery that's the problem. It's not the message. The problem is the delivery. Mm. And so people translate better with TV and they hear things to receive things better through news. And so when we use these platforms that, that now created a whole new um, world for us. Yeah. Um, we can we can exact the type the type of change that we want to exact. So I'm, that's why I, I'm unapologetic in the music. I say, okay, look, I may have to snatch a few edges with mm-hmm. this song. Yeah. And so you know, and, and it's not coming from a place of hate. It's coming from a place of love. But it's coming from a place of wanting to see change. And we talk about change all the time. But we're afraid to do the things that would actually promote change. So we're, we're, we're afraid of solution. We can talk about problems all day long. People get on TV all over the world and talk about the problems all over the world because they can get thousands and thousands of likes. But nobody wants to talk about the solutions, the real solutions of how, what can we can do, what we can do to make this world better. Mm. How we can, how we can promote a little bit of world peace, peace, what what people say was impossible. Now, we're doing a whole lot of things that people said are impossible now. So why can't we do these things right now that people can see that, I mean, Love is tangible. Mm. You know, it's a word, but love is tangible. Love is, is, is an action word. It's the things that you do. Yeah. And so, uh, so you know, just teach love and show love and music and, and educate, you know, because that's where a lot of the hate comes from. It's miseducation. 
and not being educated. Yeah, I mean, I think with your music, a lack of information. Yeah, a lack of information. People hate what they what what, what they what, what they fear. They they fear what they don't understand, and they hate what they fear. Yeah, and they don't do a lot of research yeah. in between. No, of course not. Because mm. that's work. It's yeah. easier for, for us to go off what somebody else did about somebody else. Yeah. And base our whole life on them. You know? So so we say, Oh, that person that person doesn't deserve to breathe. And so now the world believes and has been educated time, generation after generation after generation. I've been taught to believe something. And so now we got little toddlers, as we speak, are being taught hate things. Mm. Are being, ta- being taught, oh, this is wrong. That is wrong. That's a good person. That's a bad person. Yeah. But what we're doing is we're making those babies bad people because they become a product of their environment. We've planted that seed and it sprouted. So now this baby that we taught to hate everybody has grown up to an adult that hates everybody. Mm. And so we know the power that adults have and the access that adults get at a certain age. They can get the rights to guns and everything else in between. Yeah. And, and positions and so, of power as well. And just to and positions of power, everything from law enforcement to an ambulance who decides they don't want to save their life because they've been taught since the baby. Yeah. Of who they should, of who is a good person and a bad person. Yeah. And it goes all the way to our, to our local government. So these are our, our seeds that we sold. This is a product of that. It's nobody else's fault but our own. Yeah. Because even me, even me myself, I was caught as a child there with my folks. Okay, yeah. You know, I was taught to be a racist and didn't know it. I was taught, and then you, do you realize the, the, the white people that have changed my life through the, through, through the course of my life? And if how, I see through that color lens, mm. then I wouldn't have the brilliance of having my Asian friends give me some knowledge, my Caucasian friends give me knowledge, my African friends give me knowledge, my Jamaican friends give me knowledge, yeah. and the, the, my Mexican friends give me knowledge, and the list goes on. I've been privileged to be able to, to see past color. And to, 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 to see somebody's mode of their spirit, because like all this thing, this thing with the body, I believe is going to fade. But I don't believe this is our last experience. I believe this is our last rodeo. I believe our spirit lingers on. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and so I believe that it's the spirit we're supposed to connect with, not somebody's body. And that's what we connect with. Somebody's fat. Oh, they fat. Oh, they black. And all the judgment of the female, the male, all the judgment comes after you find out what somebody is. Mm. And the role that they're supposed to play in life because we've been programmed. So how did you get so people are, past that? Like, the, the what you were well, taught about yeah. white people and stuff? 
Well, for me, you know, you know, my mom had taught me that, and so I'm sure somebody had taught her that. Yeah. But you know, we had just came from a, a place of, of after slavery was done in the South. We, we we had segregation, and after segregation was done, we still had some some lingering hate that still, mm. you know, had people, you know, distance each other. You know, people still, you know, weren't ready for interracial relationships. It was still whispering, "Oh, she would have white woman. Oh, he would have white You know. It was still that going on. So um, for me, after you know, I ran away from home because you know, my, you know, my mother, well, she couldn't deal with my church. Mm. So after I ran away from home, I was exposed to this world that she told me pretty much nothing about. She just told me all the things I shouldn't be. She didn't tell me all these people that were in the world, the good and the bad. Yeah. You know. So for me, I got a chance to learn to myself who was who. Mm. And I don't think she ever got the opportunity to be able to see for herself and be able to judge for herself who people were. And that's the reason why she wasn't able to, to have all these collective brains and stuff come. And, 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 and what comes with being open and being approachable comes support. Mm. And, and, and support, it doesn't matter what race support comes from. I mean, you better accept, accept that support. Yeah. If you hungry, if you hungry, and it's a white person to give you a cheeseburger, honey, the cheeseburger is going to taste just the same if it came from a black person or a Mexican person or an Indian person or, or or anything else in between. Absolutely. Yeah. And so once we get past all the hated people for who they are and the judgments for people who they are, then we'll be able to prepare for it and stuff and start to see that we can come closer to the, to eliminate some of the things that, that are starting to eradicate us. Yeah. Because, yes, we're going extinct. And can you ask one person, what's causing us to go extinct? It's us killing each other. It, yeah. It's diseases. It's diseases that, that, that were created. That, that we, if we came together as a people, and, 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 and practice love more, that we can come to closer to these cures and stuff and promote liberty instead of promoting death. We sell more guns than we sell cheeseburgers. It's, it, that's insane. Cause Why we, is that? Yeah. We don't have in Australia that, that gun problem that, that you guys have over there, it it's I can't even believe what happens with guns there. And so and so and so, we know that you guys have created an amazing solution for. So why wouldn't we adopt that? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's not about us uh, uh, us you know not knowing the problems. We know the problems. We know what the problems are. We know what the solutions are thanks to, 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 you, to, to, to you guys mm. in other countries, you know? Yeah. But we don't adopt it. Why not? Because we want to see our people killed. So we do, we do population control in a very deceptive and nasty way. And we incarcerate and we kill people blatantly. Blatantly. Mm. And so, you know, 
somebody has to, to be able to 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 to, to get in that into that new apartment, you know? Yeah. Because we can't go up to the we, we can't go to the hood that we created. So we have to send past the hood to the prisons. So that way other black families and stuff that are starting can go to the hood. Yeah. But in I, I, order, you know, and yeah, it's the process of elimination. I've read about, yeah, what you're talking about. I've read stuff about this, like this sort of population control and sort of a modern-day version of, of stuff, like, and that's that's kind of how, like, the government is is kind of controlling everybody. Oh, yeah. It's very strategic. So basically slavery, basically slavery never ended. Yeah, we still we still pre- pre- preserve the slave houses from back in the day. We still put the we, we, those are perfectly preserved. Why? It's because we plan on using those again. Yeah, and most of our we promote slavery, so so people can remind with be, be reminded of where you come from. Yeah, that's not our only task. You know, that's not our, our only past. We have history beyond that that they, that they never talk about. They never show that. They only show us as slaves. So we can be reminded our place that they've created for us. They condition us to remain slaves. So that way when you go through the schools and stuff, you hear the bells and stuff, and you hear, you know, it's lunchtime and stuff, and you know you've been programmed and channeled and stuff for these things. And so by the time you get to prison, and, and you hear the same bells, um, you have the same lines, and you, uh, you know, and now it, it changed from lunchtime to child time, or mess time. Mm. You know, and we condition our people, we condition our people to, 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 to know their place. And so, we still operate under colorism. People who are, are, are darker are, are not treated with the same respect or the same regard as people of lighter complexion. Yeah. And it's blatant, unapologetic. And there are people who monopolize off of it, so it'll never change. So we want a lot of these things to change will never come here just because in order for for, for um, a person to be rich, somebody has to be poor. So somebody has to monopolize off the conditions that have been created. So all these things, somebody monopolize off every tax. Somebody yeah. monopolize off every single thing that we pay. Yeah, I I know that you you went to prison. Um, what was yeah. that? What was that like for you? Like speaking about what we're speaking about now. Like, what was that experience like for you? Well, you know, um, to me, I was thinking that I would just go in. Yeah, I had messed up and broke the law. Yeah. And I thought I would just be able to go in there as a good person. That you know, as I've always been in my heart, a good person. I thought I would just be able to go in there as a person who made a mistake, made a bad judgment call and be able to do my time and come on out. But no, they wanted to punish me for being who I was as well. So it was like double jeopardy. So 
not only do you um, get punished for the crime and get treated as a criminal, so you get treated as from a person that hates you for being who you are. Yeah. And so you get demonized and harassed and assaulted by a person who has control over your life. So it's slavery. Mm. Your word means not. You can complain all you want to. You're never found credible. And it's a whole family of racist family members working for the department. Mm. And so the uncles, the cousins, they all have the highest position. And so if one of them have a, fa- a problem with you, then they all have a problem with you. So we get no justice. There is no justice. There is no impartial hearing. It's a system that was designed to have, have, have people be monopolized. It's not about the jobs. So when, you, when it, a prison is closed down because there's no need for it, because people are finding ways to stay out of there, yeah. And they are forced to close. They're forced to close prison. Oh no 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 no! It won't be any of that. So what they decided to do, they said, "Okay, we're going to, we're going to, um, um, we're going to set people up. Let me see. Nobody ever leaves here. Mm. And and you know, and so um, and we also have you know our guards and stuff." come out there with their children and protest with signs saying, I'm, my daddy's going to lose his job and I'm going to have to move and, and I'm not going to be able to see my friend. Oh my goodness. That's how it's promoted. So when I came, so, so when I was in the inside, I said, okay, I had to get my mind together. I said, okay, I think what the citizens looked like. And I've seen the process. I've seen the resolving door. I've seen people, because I was in there for 10 years. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was supposed to be in there for five to, uh, uh, from five to 20 years. And I ended up doing um, more than the minimum. Um, and I ended up doing 10 years because I was, I was being harassed and I was being ticketed for being trans. Yeah. You know, I was called a sexual deviant because I wore makeup. Mm. They tried to shave my hair. They tried to shave my head. Um, you know, within their rooms. They tried to find the rooms and create rooms and stuff. Mm. After they seen me, you know. So it was like, it was a constant battle. I was used to always fighting my whole life. And this was just yet another fight. Yeah. How did, so, um, how did you cope with it, like mentally? Like, what did you do that helped you get through it? Well, I mean, I... I mean, I can't say and pretend that like I'm this fully adjusted person. Mm. They broke me. They did. They broke me. Yeah. And I'm steady trying to, with a, as a person who came in to the system with a fully developed mind, who knew the difference between wrong and right, who uh, fully planned on getting back to my community for what I had taken from my community. So... I had a sense of 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 of, of 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 just dignity and pride about myself. So you know, I had never did anything wrong before. Yeah. I never wronged anybody. So I knew that this was an act of desperation, and that that I would come back from. You know, and that I would be able to to change. 
you know, not only myself, but the few. But no, that wasn't the case. They didn't, they didn't look at it that way. There was no such thing as being um, conformed. Mm. You know, there was no such thing. They were torturing people in the inside. They were telling you everything from, from, from your, your, your people were dead. Your oh. husband was dead. Your, 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 your wife was dead. Or your mother was dead. Or your child was dead. Or they would just say they poisoned your food. They operated under standards that were inhumane and you had to smile. Mm. Just like the slaves I used to have to smile through it. Yes, a master. Yeah. That's what it looked like to me every time somebody yes boss. And they said boss to the guards. They called the guards boss. And so it just seemed like more of the guards were Caucasians and more of the inmates were black. Yeah. And I seen the same system no matter what institution they shuffled me to. I seen the same thing being represented as the percentage. I wasn't that good in math, honey, but I was good with visuals, honey, but I was able to see but with my own eyes. I could add up that way. Mm. And so it looked different when you had this person barking at this person and this black person, yes, boss. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. No, sir. Oh, get on to the mess hall. Oh, you know your mama did. Oh, the bitch was nothing. Oh, they talked to you wrong. Oh, so this God. person who looked like me, who I was, the person who smiled every day, who looked at the world like, um, I was going to say Cinderella, but you're right. Mm. I smiled. I wanted everybody to smile. I wanted the whole world to smile. So here I was seeing all this crazy stuff. So I was pushed onto the, to a whole other side of, of humanity, what the world looked like and what was capable, I was able to see death now at this point. Mm. Up close. People taking their own lives, suicide. Oh, holy cow. So for me, so for me and then just the, the, the snakeness that came with it. You know, you seen that that death would go unreported for days. So while they were supposed to operate on a certain system and report that, it would shut the whole place down and, and nobody would have access to communication to be able to say anything. So they knew inmates would tell, like, if it was somebody's family, they would, uh, another inmate would reach out to their person's family, like, you know, they, you know, they killed your, they killed your, you know, your child. Mm. Did this, that, and other things. And once they realized that was happening, they shut down interdepartmental communication. So that means that inmates couldn't write between another inmate's facility. Yeah. So they were very strategic in the things that they were doing because you could get the truth out. They wanted to promote this big lie that the world had to fear these people. These people who had been locked up for over 40 years and who had become a whole completely different person and who operated under different standards and who was humane and who thought before they acted um, wanted to see change and who promoted the youth that came through not to stay and how to get out mm. and tell them about the pitfall. My goodness. You, you wrote 
songs and stuff, didn't you, in, in prison? Like I did. I did. <laughs> that was that was my little vent. You know, that was my way to you know, like after I had written every grievance I could write and stuff and I see it wasn't going nowhere from the first step to the second step to the third step. Um it wasn't it wasn't going anything and I seen what reprisals look like. You know, for me complaining about the injustice or the inhumane treatment. Mm. So so for me the only thing other thing I could do is sit and cry in my cell and instead of allowing them to deny me my yard, I took my own yard. Mm. So they didn't have to write me bogus or miscellaneous tickets just to keep me in the inside so I wouldn't draw attention, you know, because I was trans in a male facility. So I drew attention so they never wanted me to be on the yard because that means they had to actually work. Yeah. They actually had to not just earn this check on sitting on their ass. And so for me, I took my own yard. I said, good. I don't want no problems today. Today I'm just going to write about it. So I wrote songs. I wrote thoughts down. I wrote just um, a rebuttal to the world and how they had treated me and, and how they told me what my role was and how I refused to accept that role and how I was okay with being outcasted. So I knew what the result was going to be and I fully accepted it. I fully accepted myself and unapologetically that I would decide to live and not die. Yeah. Because I realized that everybody would, would allow me to die. Mm. Once they told me that I wasn't good enough to live, that I wasn't living right, then they knew that they were making me weak and that I would take my own life. So they kept promoting that. And so when I didn't do that, and when I defied everything that they said I, I would do, and I still, every time, I rose, still I rise. Mm. And I kept, when they kept on planting, when they kept on stumping on this seed in the ground, to the ground, they didn't realize that was a seed and that was going, I was going to grow from it and learn from that and adapt mm. to the new condition and grow, and spread that growth. To other people and tell them it's, it was all about as I learned and I seen what was happening too is they tell other people oh no honey you see what they doing oh no uh uh something's so fishy today honey you see he's mad today don't go outside don't go outside they, 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 you know it's a lot of different things that came at the place of, 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 of being your brother's keeper and so what they thought from me or they planned from me they thought that at some point that they would put me into violence. And then realized I had touched more, more of the people than they did, but in a more positive way, I had touched their hearts. Yeah. So in there, I wasn't just somebody's sexual harm. You know, they thought that I would be a problem, that I would be uh, exciting a riot, that I would be this this woman figure, this, this, um, this, this, this ball of femininity and... I would cause confusion within the guys, have the guys fighting over me. But no, I actually kept the peace. So that's what they didn't expect. So they didn't, I, they looked at me and they had judged me, but they had judged me wrong. And so they, so I constantly surprised and 
and, and, and overwhelms them. And so I'm sure their heart was beating just as fast as mine was. Mm. As I'm walking on the fire, you know, they probably like, oh my God, what's she going to do? What's she going to make happen? I'm yeah. like, oh my God, what's going to do to me? What's going to do to me? And so I had to learn that these were conditions that they had created. And this wasn't something that, you know, I had created. And, and I could navigate the same way I had navigated into the same hateful world of when I was in the free world, when it was free to do all these things. The same people are the same people that, like we said, that have these jobs on the inside. So I was dealing with the same people, just dealing with me. So once I realized, realized I was dealing with just me, the reason why I was getting ticketed a lot, I was getting harassed a lot about the guards and stuff, it took a lot of them wanted me sexual. And it took me a while to figure that out. And mm-hmm. just like I said, with this mind of mine, I put it to the test. I put it to the test. Yeah. I said, okay, now I have to get out of the character. Now, normally, this is not my, off my bunk. They would try to write me a ticket for um, a temporary uh, 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 attempt escape or something, or, or major out of place or something. But here it is. I'm already frustrated, tired, to the point that I'm like, okay, y'all have me on top locking the LOP for so long that I, I can look at the, look at three challengers down and see that I'm not going to get in the yard anytime soon. So what do I have to lose? So when, when this, you know, officer that harassed me all the time, you know, came this last time and I had just came out the shower. And they had inconveniently showered me last. You know, and it had to be said right before count time. Yeah. And so they knew I didn't have enough time. So I took my little time and stuff and, I, and, and you know, get on my bunk. And so when I, the officer came, I didn't wrap myself and I didn't get on my bunk. I let the towel drop. And when I let the towel drop, he stayed there at the door. Instead of writing me a ticket, instead of locking me up, instead of saying something, instead of saying, put up your towel, instead of saying, get on your bunk, he asked me if I needed some tissue. And I look at him in his eyes and I see the look and the look in his eyes that I see in any other man's eyes. And I realized what I was dealing with. And mm-hmm. from that moment I own, and from that moment on, as a woman, I knew how to navigate in that space. And so he created a job for me just so he could see my face more. Because he had already seen my body. Yeah. That's what he wanted to see. He had seen that I was different than everybody else that, that was around, that he was interested in what, what was under my shirt, what was under my bra. Holy hell. And she wasn't the only one. I had run into the jokes, because, oh, we get the jokes, honey, you hear the jokes. I mean, well, it's the male officers, the same way they joke to, about us in the streets is the same way they joke about us when they're in the control center. Yeah. With their leg up, joking and laughing about us and, and, and our experience and who we are. It's funny. So they get paid to do that. So that's what we pay all that extra tax money for. It's for the extra element of torture mm-hmm. that we do to the prisoners. Because we don't analyze anyone. No one gets a psycho-evaluation before, before, before they get this job or their working like that and they don't it, it, it's not annual you know it's not a thing to where you're checking up on, on their sanity because a lot happens in there and no sane competent human beings 
with emotions would be able to stand that and see that and be able to function the next day and come to work. Yeah, I can imagine. So you're dealing yeah. with mentally ill people. You're dealing with races that are employed there. And when, when, when nothing's corrected, you realize it's strategic. It was strategic every time they said for me, sacrifice the queen. When they brought me out, when they knew it was a predator on the yard that was notorious. And they would cut my neck if I said no to him. They would bring me out then. That's when they would want me to be out. So oh. everything they did was strategic. Every single thing they did was strategic. They would say, you know, they would tell me they'd spit in my food. So when I refused to eat, because who wants to eat somebody else's nasty spit? Yeah. And so I refused to eat, so I don't eat for days. And so then they put me on Bam Bam, and they locked me up. Like I'm, like I'm going to kill myself. Like, well, like, I'm, like I'm trying to kill myself, and they're not telling the whole story. But they're saying that they're poisoning my food, basically. Mm. So they don't tell the whole story. So then it makes them us look like we're animals. You know? Yeah, yeah. And so, it's the paperwork. The pen is the mighty sword of, of the day. Mm. And so, the pen tells the mighty story. Just like any religion, like I said about it, it was the pen that did it, to yeah. tell the story. So the pen can tell a mighty story about somebody's character, who they are, and how they should be treated. And that's how we adjust to that, and that's how we deal with that. And that's, how, and that's our reality. Oh my goodness. I don't, I don't know how you came out of there mentally <laughs> intact. <laughs> like that... Well, well, that's why they call me down because I, you know, I just, I'm able to take the, a lot of that pressure. A lot of that pressure I didn't think I would be able to, to, to take when I was, when I had to run away at, at 14 years old. I didn't think I would be able to do none of those things. I thought each time I would die, I did. I thought each time I was going to die, I thought everything was going to kill me. Every single thing that happened in my life. And yeah. because it didn't, I realized that I was stronger than I had, um, I realized that I was, um, uh, stronger than the things that I thought would break me. Yeah, you're a survivor. But we all are survivors, and that's what we teach each other, and that's what we're supposed to be teaching each other. It's how to survive. Yeah. I don't believe the whole reason why you're supposed to tell your story is, is supposed to be celebrated. I believe it's supposed to be to help somebody who's going through the same thing that you're going through. Yep. So that they don't have to go through it. And that's how we propel and grow forward. You know? Yeah, I absolutely agree. Absolutely. And that's why I sort of started this podcast as well. Yeah, and, and, yeah, and, 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 and you're not, you know, the world isn't just your country. The world just isn't my country. Mm. The world is a vast. Um, just of, of a whole lot of different realities. We don't know. Um, we don't know what else is out there. Mm. We don't know. We don't know what else is out there. And so we are. Um, you know, we are constantly. We are constantly um, limiting our world 
to to our back door. And so we don't believe in nothing else besides We don't, we don't believe in, in nothing else besides what we um what we've been taught. Yeah. So even when we see the truth, we don't want to believe it because we've been conditioned and trained to think inside the box and not outside the box. And we're almost rewarded, we are, aren't we, for thinking inside the box? Oh yes, oh yes, oh yes, honey. You do. Uh, uh, that's the reason why. Like the smaller your brain is, honey, the, the bigger you'll be celebrating. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, like you gotta understand those who we call nerds and those with big brains and those who have solutions to a lot of these problems that we're going through. Yeah. We demonize them, call them nerds, and call them bookworms and everything else, honey. Mm. But the person, but the jock, uh, or the person who doesn't study or the person who promotes everybody else not to study is being to be the cool person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So it's the system of how we reward in, in, around the world. It, it's everywhere. I mean, all these things that we can happen, are mostly happening all around the world, like colorism, all these things are happening almost all over the world. So to a degree, to where, 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 where dark-skinned people everywhere feel like they're not as beautiful. Mm. Yeah. And I, so that's the reason why I put all that stuff in my music and I said, okay, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to try to do something. What did I see how came to it? Are you, are you still there? You still there? I'm sorry. Sorry, are you still there? Yeah, no, I, sorry, I wasn't sure if you were still talking or not. <laughs> no, I was in the store and counting count my items. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think your music is changing the world. That's, that's, a, uh, that's a, a fine compliment. I, that's a fine compliment. I, you know, I always think nobody knows me. When I find out people are listening to my music on the other side of the world, I'm like, wait a minute. You know, if someone just contacted me and they were just like, uh, in India, I don't think they have Spotify. So she was like, how can she listen to my music? Yeah. And um, so I, I, I reached out to my team today and we're trying to figure out. And yeah, I'm still learning about all this stuff. I'm still learning about all this, all this good stuff. Yeah. I know that we went through a weekend here, me and a couple of friends, just listening to your EP over and over and over again. Okay. Just, I mean, I, my, I still can't get enough. Lucy, my daughter, has named a unicorn that she got, um, Sheer Diamond, so... No way. Total, yeah. You are making my day. <laughs> making my day. She absolutely adores you. When we drive to, when I drive at a school, we listen to you. Um, and she just rocks out before school and 
she wants you to she, – she, I told her that I was going to interview for the podcast and I, she, I don't think she understood that I didn't know you, but she was like, oh, you should get her to come around and she can play with me. And I was like, you know what, I'll ask her. Um, <laughs> but, no, we listen to you every morning. How old is she? She's six. <laughs> She absolutely Yep, she absolutely and adores you. She talked about you at school. Um it's it's insane. OMG. Yeah. OMG. I am in awe of her now. I'm just like <laughs> Yeah, she And just, I have to remember my little people. Yeah. I have to remember my little people because um another another thing I said, um, my daughter absolutely loves you and she's like, What is she gonna what is she gonna wear on the red carpet? What is she gonna wear? <laughs> and I was like, No way. I yeah. said, you know, I just can't believe that this is happening. It's just like it's so surreal. Yeah. And you know, I thought, you know, for me, it was my main focus because I come from the activist world, so for me I was trying to figure out a way to change our world, you know, the older ones, you know, but it's our, our youth mm. that is actually leading the way and changing, you know, my way of thinking. They're showing me that it's hope because I know, I, I feel like, you know, just like me, women my age that are in this experience have been damaged a lot. Yeah, yeah. A lot of us are on drugs, a lot of us are on drugs. And we're not functioning in the way um, of, of healthy living. And so, uh, so the experience looks different. And so I don't know others coming in young and coming to the experience and have to go through that. Mm. Their experience should look wholesome and should be healthy. Yeah. And I, so that's why I promote for the youth to be able to be celebrated and to be able to be seen. Because it's their time. The world are left over us already. Mm, yeah, that's So right. it's up to us to make sure that our kids are messed up. So that way when we get old, so we don't have all these messed up kids that are messed up adults in control of our lives. Because I see all this stuff that's happening now and as I get older and stuff and I think about racism and sexism and stuff, and then I think about that's going to be another one coming my way, ageism. Yes. So there's another way for people, a whole other different experience. And so it's time for us to wake up and it's time for us to shape up this world. Absolutely. It is our responsibility. We know too much to allow so much to happen. It's yeah. irresponsible of us as human beings to allow some of the things that are happening to happen. Yeah. That is absolutely 100% like true. I, I hear that. That is exactly what we should be doing. We, we have to change. Yes, it, it has to. And I always think that it's always easier to tell somebody else they need to change. Mm. So I try to start with, so I try to start with myself. Yeah. And to try to give people an example to go by. And I believe that once people see that it can be done, 
then maybe they'll start to follow suit too. Because, you know, we can always wag the people, wag our little finger at people and, and throw stones at people and tell them, well, you did this or you wrong for this. And you, 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 you should be doing this. You could do this better. Mm-hmm. But we never say, and look at ourselves and say, what can I do? What can I do to change the situation? And so, in, in this world, it's all about our impact. It's not about other people's impact. It's about the impact that we bring to the world. Yeah. And so, we focus so much on what that crazy man is doing. But we lose sight of the things that we should be doing as a people. And so, that's why I'm glad a little bit. Because it, it's forced us to, to come together and to be closer. And to be a little bit more humane to the next person and their experiences. So it, having, having a horrible person as a leader has made us see that we need each other a little bit more than we thought we did. Yes. And I like it a little bit. Yeah. So in that way, in that way, that's the, that's the like balance of the shift of what's happening with how people feel about him. Yeah. So those people are very conscious-minded. And so they say, wait, wait a minute. Now there's starting to be another shift. There was a shift after he got, got elected. There was a whole shift. Mm. You know how there was a, so, so the magic of Barack Obama when he got you know elected? Yeah. You know, it seemed like the world celebrated and he was ready for this new hope of something that had never happened before. Yeah. And they were ready to see this change. Well, we went right back to our old way of doing it. Honey, people were just like, I don't know. Some people felt like, okay, we got it back. And so, you know, so people that were in the old ways of thinking was thinking like, okay, oh my God, that was a close one. We done had this man for two terms. That was a close one. Mm. You know, and so we don't, don't, don't ever want something like this to ever happen again. A woman next? Oh, hell no. We cannot. We will not. So we're going to demonize her, and then we're going to demonize the first black president. So there'll never be another black president. So we can lose, so you can lose your hope and your faith yeah. in change. It's strategic. Nobody wants to see change like that. Agents of change actually start coming with solutions. Yeah. And solutions scare fake people, just like his fake news. God, that fake news stuff, my God. It's tiring, isn't it, I think? You said what, I'm sorry? He's, he's tiring, I think. Like, even from all the way in Brisbane, I, I'm just so tired of all his hate and... And everything that he stands for, it's just hate and rubbish. You know what I mean? Like, I think like this, because again, I don't promote violence and I I don't promote hate either. Yes. So even for a person as him, I would never want anyone to do anything bad to him or to even say anything bad about this person. But he does have to mind his place and his Mm. faith. And what's coming out of it, because it's very offensive to the black people. Yes. Because he's being blatantly disrespectful and blatantly racist in his things and his attacks. He's coming after a lot of black people. 
Yeah, he really a is. A lot of black people, a, a lot of respected black people, and if people that, that, that are like me, that are conscious minded, that pay attention to signs and symbols for your conscious mind, yeah. and you start to see, wait a minute, there's a habit in this. And I always pay attention to that, you know, when I do, not to treat somebody accordingly until they prove that they're their way, that the person tells me who they are, then I believe them. So after you treated me wrong time in and time out, then I realize this is the person that's going to treat me wrong. Mm. Yeah. So now I know how to navigate or, or, or not navigate around you. That comes with age because, too, doesn't it? No, it does. It does. And that's why when we're blessed to be here and given the gift if we get so much knowledge, we're supposed to spread that knowledge, honey. We're supposed to be so annoying to the youth, honey. But they don't want to hear this. <laughs> yep. We are. It's our job. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, history dictates that those before us nagged and told us the same thing. So we're supposed to, the information that we gain and we know we're supposed to share it. It's our responsibility. Yep. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you um, before I let you go because we've been on the phone for an hour and I have loved every single minute of it, mind you, um, <laughs> but I don't want to keep taking up all your day. What were your musical influences like when you were growing up and stuff? Well, for me, music, I, oh, just me, I remember hearing the first melody, just like the first song and just like how music itself stole my heart yeah. and then I started you know being introduced to the sounds because first it was just like it was just sounds all I would have privilege to was the sounds on the radio I don't recall like a whole lot of TVs and you know mm-hmm. things of that sort so for me it was all about the sound you know so getting to hear this person on the radio you know I always hear Tina Turner an amazing Tina Turner oh you know, and all those songs would just have me through that house dancing and stuff, <laughs> and I would just forget all the rules about how um, I was supposed to be masculine and stuff, and how I was supposed to sing and stuff, and I would just get caught off guard. Get swept away with Tina's voice, dance around the house, and I didn't even realize I was listening to Private Dancer <laughs> and what the meaning meant until I got older. Yeah. Yeah. And I heard the thing, my mother didn't say anything about that song. I was singing a song, <laughs> something about that, and, and nobody said nothing. So, so, and later it became, you know, like Whitney Houston, and I can go on and on and on and about the, 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 my newly found and my, my influences that have passed, and I can talk about um, my influence of Michael Jackson, but being ashamed and afraid to enjoy his music because I was afraid that he was gay. Oh. And so I was afraid that if I enjoyed his music, that people would know that I was, and that I was different. Wow. And so I was very shy on listening to him, so I would listen to his music in the closet. So... Mm-hmm. I would listen, enjoy. I would enjoy his music in secret, in private, and so that's something I never talked about. But it's you know, it's something that I reflect on as I got older and start thinking about you know all those things. And I you know I think about um, the influence of like RuPaul, 
yeah. later on coming through and thinking about how I connected with her, but yet still I didn't connect with her because our experiences are completely different, but yet still she was the only person of feminine energy that I felt like, you know, it didn't belong to naturally or as they say, um, and she defied gravity. Mm-hmm. And so, and I felt like that was some, you know, I, I didn't think it was possible for me to be able to, to live my dream and to be able to defy gravity in that way. And, um, you know, so that's, you know, seeing her just really gave me hope, you know, and uh, I just, that's what I want to be for for those um, who are looking for someone who looks like them, remotely yeah. like them, who remotely stands out and remotely comes from the lowest of the lowest, from the hood of the hood, you know, and, the roughest of neighborhoods and now able to say I'm a real person who had nothing, who had nobody, and who is literally now walking the red carpets. I came from the dirt roads of Little Rock, Arkansas, to to being behind bars, to now being on the red carpet. Yeah. And I celebrate that and I want everybody to know that it's possible, especially our youth who are told that they aren't wanted because they're not special enough. Or, you know, or who are given up, who are told, you know, who are made to believe that they're disposable and that they'll never have a future and they'll give up and take their own little bodies. So I wanted to be able to give them hope. I want to be as loud as I can and as proud as I can just to be able to reach the message to them, you know, all over the world so they'll be able to hear the little ones. And, and know, even in secret, if they listen to Shield music, to know that they're safe and to know that they have a future, yeah. you know that they too can can come out of the Lord and come up to and defy gravity. Yeah, I I love that, and I think that's a really great place to end. I think I have absolutely loved talking to you. I could sit on I, I could sit on the phone with you all day, but. <laughs> I feel the same way. This was a very, very good interview, and I always get nervous. And <laughs> you know, but it's something soothing about you and voice, you know, and you are just so approachable. And your little one is a little fan. Yes, I'm. I'm going to get her to make you. A li- I'll get her to make you a little video because she. I cannot even explain oh to God. you how much of a fan she is. Like. She absolutely loves you. She tell like she sat my parents down a couple of weeks ago and showed them the video clip for I Am Her and that yeah, she was just like sitting there smiling away at you, like watching you and I just think I think there's a cat in that video clip. Um there is. Yeah, and there she is. she loves cats and she now thinks that you love cats and that that's something else that you I- have in common. <laughs> I do love cats. Well, she, um, yeah. And, and, and tell her, tell her that, that his name is Blue. And tell her, but now I've also fell in love with dogs because now my friends have dogs. So I realize how adorable they are, too, and how much they love us, too. And so tell her, I, I love dogs, too. And then I, now my new video, Keisha Complexion, has a dog in it. Yes. Yeah. His name is Rusty. Okay, I'll let her know because we've watched that video clip as well. So and he's a big old sweet giant, isn't he? He's huge, isn't he? Yeah, he's 
He is. He's a gentle giant. He's a rescuer. Oh my God, when you, oh, you're just love, I promise you. Yeah, I he's promise you. beautiful, absolutely beautiful. But, yeah, um, I, I, I hope to talk to you again. I'm going to try and maybe next season or something I'll try and get you on again because I have absolutely loved this. I'm still not over the fact that I'm talking to you. Um, it's, it's, it's really surreal because I think that you are doing so much good Um. And it's it's surreal to me that I even matter. Because I told you again, yeah. you know, it trans lives don't matter like that. And so to see if we can spread this, spread yeah. this love and to, to to others, you know, then it that would be so good for me and it's so good and impactful. I really feel like I'm doing something great in this world. If we can spread that love and that acceptance yeah. all around, just not me but to everybody who's weird and, and outcasted yeah well you've you know made a, a massive impact in brisbane australia so <laughs> you, you should yeah <laughs> it, yeah it, so good. tell them i love them tell them i love them yeah i, I will them. i will because so we've just like i've listened to it to your ep non-stop like i can't get enough of it <laughs> and like i said every morning we've got it on rocking out on the way to school so um, OMG! Yep, every morning. So think of that. Every morning we're listening to you. <laughs> this shows absolutely amazing to hear this. I mean, <laughs> you have made my day. You don't even know. You made my day. I'm so glad. But I'll get her to make a little video and say hi to you, and um, she'll she'll love that. So. Oh, that would be so great. I would share it to everybody. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think I think I need to. Um, to like probably start getting my compilation of, of, of my of my kids fans because it's starting to grow a little bit. Yeah. And so my videos would start to grow and I thought I could have, have somebody hold on to them, like maybe management hold on to them. Yeah. So that way I could do my compilation of nothing but my little ones <laughs> and just yeah. give them a thank you in one shot. Yeah. And so, yeah, I love it. I absolutely love it. And yeah. I definitely appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. And um, I'm going to put this episode up on October 1st, but I'll let you know when I do and stuff. And um, I'll, I'll stay in touch because I really, I really want to talk to you again. So um, we can try and organize that some other time. Awesome. Sounds good to me. Yeah. Have a great day. You so much. You too. And eat some barbecue and stuff. I will. <laughs> it's breakfast time here. So it's eight in the morning here. So, um, it is not. Yeah. Oh, you should have started with that. That is so weird. I'm trying to wrap my brain around that. Yeah. So I interviewed, when we started, it was 7 a.m. So. Um, it's 3.21 here. Yeah. Like, you know, we're good into the day. You know pretty much what the day is going to be. But you all have just started the day. You don't know what the day is going to bring. Yeah, it's so Tuesday here too. It's Tuesday. You feel what I'm sorry? It's Tuesday here, so... Um, it is not Tuesday! <laughs> it is! It's Tuesday morning! <laughs> so, so now that goes more about the reality. About the reality that we created. Yeah. And so I believe we can shape another reality, too. If, we can, if, if time is only... 
uh, um, the reality that we made it, then I believe we can make the reality of loving each other a whole lot better than we made it. Absolutely. That is, yeah, that's so true. Everything is man-made, like, except for love. It is, all of it. Yeah. All of it. Yeah, exactly. All right. We'll have yeah. Thank you again. I could just um, look. I could just keep talking, but I yeah. I should let you go and um yeah. Obviously, I'm still keeping you on the phone. Thank you again. All right. See you later. Love you guys. Bye. Okay. Hey guys, we're back. Um, I absolutely love that interview i know you do yeah what did you think i think it was amazing as i said very powerful i think it's great for a trans person to hear that it's such a positive representation of somebody isn't it in our community it's what people need to hear now and the strength that she would have had to have gotten through that experience Mm. I just say topple the patriarchy. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it now. <laughs> no, I get what you mean, and that's it was it was so powerful for me as well. I mean, I'm not trans, but it was just very very powerful. Yeah, not uh, no. <laughs> um, and I just want to keep talking to her. Like, I, that's what I wanted to do that day. But you know, you got to go on. So you've got a job to do. Yeah, I did have a job. I had a job to go to. Um, but yeah, so next week is Rainbow Families. Sorry, Rainbow Families. Um, just sort of slurred through that. Um, not used to being back on the mic. Well, put down the drink. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, Rainbow Families, my two favourite homosexuals are coming in, uh, Nicole and Jared, and we're talking about Rainbow Families and... What are rainbow families? Well, it's when you're like queer and you have <laughs> some babies or you put, you're a man and you put a baby in ladies or, you know, just that kind oh, of stuff. Oh, that's generally how it works. Yeah. So, you know, like I think everybody has this idea that rainbow families are one thing, but I'm going to tell you next week that that is oh, not Oh, you're breaking the case. some myths, are you? Yeah. Breaking some myths. That's what I do. Myth breaker. That would be my superhero name. <laughs> Actually, that's more like SVU. <laughs> okay, it? goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, see you next week, guys. Thank you for coming. Um, tell three friends about us and please leave us a review on iTunes because we love reading them. And Sally needs some validation. I do need the validation. Oh, I keep hitting my glasses on the mic. Oh, dick. It's not a dick. It's a mic. See you next week. Bye, Sarah. Bye, Sally. I'm going to miss you for a week. Oh, God. <laughs>